you are listening to the Grace and Wrath podcast. This is Mark. Living a truly fulfilling life without Christ is impossible, and choosing to die without Christ is pure insanity. Repentance of sin and belief in the gospel of Jesus Christ is the only way to be saved by God's grace from God's wrath. Welcome back to the Grace and Wrath podcast. If you're new to the show, welcome. In this series, we're telling Bible stories in chronological order and adding tips and commentary to help you share the gospel more easily and effectively. Today's story is Crossing the Jordan. We're in Joshua. In the morning, God said to Joshua, Today I will exalt you in the eyes of the people, so they'll know I'm with you just like I was with Moses. Joshua told the priest, Take the ark of God and go to the Jordan River. So the priest carried the ark of God to the river, which was at flood stage. When they came to the water's edge, they kept going until the water covered their feet. Suddenly the river stopped. A wall of water formed ten miles upstream. The rest of it flowed down to the sea. Seeing this, the priest walked to the middle of the riverbed and stood on dry ground. Then the people started moving across the river. Joshua then said to the twelve men Israel had selected, Each of you pick up a large stone from where the priests were standing. Put it on your shoulders and take it to the other side of the river. Joshua then took another twelve stones and built a monument in the middle of the river, next to where the priests were standing. The people looked at Joshua, and he was exalted in their eyes. They knew God was with him just like he had been with Moses. When they had all crossed the river, Joshua said to the priests, Come up from the middle of the riverbed. As soon as the priests were on the banks of the river, the waters crashed down to the riverbed and returned to its flooded condition as it had been before. Joshua took the people to the place called Gilgal, where they set up camp. Then he had them build a memorial with the twelve stones. He said, In the future, children will see this monument and ask, Why are these stones here? Their parents will tell them about this day, when God stopped the Jordan River so his people could cross over on dry land. All the nations of the earth will know that the hand of God, the Lord of all the earth, is powerful. The people of Canaan heard how God stopped the Jordan River so the people of Israel could cross over on dry land. Terror spread throughout the cities of the land. Joshua told all the men of Israel they had to be circumcised. This hadn't been done for the entire forty years the people had been in the wilderness. Soon after this, the people celebrated Passover. The very next day, the manna stopped appearing, and it never came back. From that day on, people were to eat the food from the land of Canaan. Several points I'd like to make out of the scripture that this story comes from. First, Joshua 3, verses 14 through 16. So it was when the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan, with the priest bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as those who bore the Ark came to the Jordan, and the feet of the priest who bore the Ark dipped into the edge of the water, for the Jordan always overflows the banks during the time of harvest, that the waters which came down from upstream stood still and rose in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zaratan. So the waters that went down into the sea of the Arabah, the salt sea, failed and were cut off, and the people crossed over opposite Jericho. This is very symbolic of the, basically the flow of death 
was cut off from Adam's race through the gospel. We are all born in death, as if you refer to the previous episode. Uh, We're born with a sinful nature. We are born deserving of hell. And God provided a solution to be with him eternally in heaven through the sacrifice of his son, Jesus, and the shedding of Jesus' sinless blood. Also, chapter 4, verses 4 to 7. Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had appointed from the children of Israel, one man from every tribe. And Joshua said to them, Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, saying, What do these stones mean to you? Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed over to Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial to the children of Israel forever. So just as the twelve stones were placed as an immovable witness, the church, too, was established with twelve witnesses. All right? uh, you can get into, go ahead to Acts, Acts 1, 21-26 for more than that, but we will get to that later. So I like all this symbolic reference. Everything ties into everything in the Bible. I love it. Lastly, I'd like to or sort of elaborate a little bit on what's discussed in chapter 4, verses 21 to 22. Let me read that. Again, we're in Joshua, chapter 4, 21, 22. Then he spoke to the children of Israel, saying, When your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What are these stories? Then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel crossed over this Jordan on dry land. Notice how it's referring to the children, the children of Israel. Well, we as parents, as husbands, as or excuse me, fathers, as mothers, it's wise to sort of create a family altar, if you will. In the Old Testament times, people built these altars to God to commemorate something he had done. Altars served as a memorial to teach succeeding generations about God and his character. Gathering for a family, quote, altar or a devotional time is a good way to teach your children about God and his ways. And following are some practical points to consider when establishing your family altar or your devotional time. These altars, by the way, you've probably seen a lot of churches called Ebenezer. Uh, I believe the actual pronunciation is Ebenezer. That's in reference to these stone piles, these stackings. They were, they were um, Ebenezer's. I don't know the actual translation of what the term means, but it's, it's a memorial. So your devotional time with a family can, can just start with prayer. Open with prayer, and I would recommend doing this at least weekly. Find a time that, that works for the family. You can begin the, the devotion by thanking God for your family and prayerfully asking him simply to open our eyes, you know, that we may see wondrous things from the law. And that's in reference to Psalm 119.18. The law reveals God's holiness, his righteousness, his justice and truth, and is the very instrument that the Holy Spirit uses to convert the soul. See Psalm 19, verse 7 for more detail on that. If we want our children to be truly converted, we must first know the wondrous things from God's law. And that comes only by prayer and revelation of the Holy Spirit. As time goes by, ask your children to open in the prayer. As they get older, as they can read, they can participate in opening the family devotional in a prayer. It could be a very simple prayer. Lord, please help us learn. Amen. (laughs) It can be as brief as that. Read the Bible out loud. 
You can choose to go through a book, go through a gospel. You can do it based on a story, as we're doing with these, this, this podcast. You can pick a story and tell the story. Read four or five verses, and you can take turns. Uh, again, depending on the age of your kids, you can read some verses. They can read four or five verses. You can take turns. Uh, just in, involve everybody in the reading. Also, forget your inhibitions. This is not a time to worry about your dignity. <laughs> or you know, Pride is never a good thing. Role play with your kids, especially when they're small. You know, be Goliath and, you know, give each of the kids, if you have more than one, a turn being David. Let them throw a pillow at you and, and knock Goliath out. Be Daniel in the lion's den. Roar like a lion or let them be Daniel. You roar like a lion. Play with them. Make it fun. Kids need that to engage. Keep it short for sure, short and sweet, especially the younger kids. You want to encourage them to read the scriptures when they can read. You want to encourage them to try to memorize the scriptures. The traditional Baptist thing is candy. Throw candy at them. But uh, my wife and I try to live a little healthier so we could do apple slices or we'll try to do something a little healthier. But uh, my son, fortunately, enjoys those snacks. But uh, encourage them to memorize scripture. Memorize scripture with them. It's, uh, I'm actually doing that with my son right now. It's, it's a way of engaging and keeping it. Use anecdotes, humor, make it funny. God used parables, right? So you want to keep the kids engaged, but then always close in prayer. You can close in the prayer, or as your kids get older, you can ask them to close in prayer. Commit yourself to having this family altar with your kids, with your spouse, with your family. We are responsible for teaching the gospel to our children. It is not the church's responsibility. It is not, definitely not school's responsibility, even if you're in a Christian school or whatever. It is your responsibility as parents to teach the gospel to your children. If you haven't already, I encourage you to heed the Lord's call, turn from your sins, believe the gospel, and receive the gift of salvation that Jesus is offering you right now. If you like what you're hearing, please like and subscribe to the program. And please consider giving us a good review. It really does help. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at Grace and Wrath and on the web at graceandwrath.com. Thanks for listening. This is Mark signing off for now. So ride hard, pray often, and talk about Jesus wherever you go.